Welcome to Because I Said So, a podcast where we amplify youth voices and use age to better understand the world around us. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you find us. It really, really helps others find this podcast. I hope you guys enjoy. Okay, Mom. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Virginia. So today, I wanted to kind of do like a two and a half year almost update on the original episode where we talked a lot about like child mental health and parent reactions and all of that and just kind of updated where I think both of us are, but also just like our understanding of it, especially now that I'm in college and we are on a little Christmas car ride. So, yeah. Um... I think in two years, a lot has happened. I think a lot of positive things. I think we have both grown in our understanding of what it is that we both need to take care of ourselves and that taking care of ourselves emotionally, physically is so very important because if we don't do that, we're no good for anybody else. I think that's really true and I think I also in that original episode I wasn't in counseling again and then like like a year a little over a year ago I went back to counseling and I think that that was something that was kind of transformative for me a little bit not even in the sense of just counseling itself but having somewhere to kind of talk through your emotional labor because I think that a lot of times we don't want to always unload everything on like friends or family because that's kind of unwarranted and I think it's easy to feel like you're being burdensome if you do that or ask for help and I think that's something that I've always struggled with is not wanting to feel like a burden and so counseling for me really allows like a place where I'm like okay this is what I'm here to do like I'm not unjustly burdening someone with my emotional troubles because this is like what I'm paying them to do and so I think that that's been really healthy and I don't know what is your experience with counseling I think counseling is so very helpful. I think everybody needs somebody who is objective to just listen. Um, Of course, I've been through, you know, relationships that haven't worked out and carried a lot of guilt because of that. Kind of letting, helping me to let go of the guilt and move forward. Um, Did you feel guilt for, like it not working out in the sense that like you felt like you didn't do enough Uh, yeah and then just the impact that it has on my kids uh and you know going okay I'm in a good place now and but it took a lot to get to a good place and kind of figuring out why things happened and yeah I mean I think as women we tend to carry the emotional burden of any relationship that doesn't work out on ourselves because we are considered especially from my generation we're the emotional caretakers we're the emotional creatures men again in my generation I'm in my 60s we're not even supposed to show emotions when I was growing up my father was very unemotional my grandfather was very unemotional and that's kind of the environment I was raised in so taking the emotional baggage is something that I think I was brought up to do and counseling helped me 
to let go of that and see that it was just two people that had great intentions, but it just didn't work out. Yeah, and I think that's something that's hard. I mean, especially as, like, a teenager now, because things have definitely shifted. And I think that sometimes now, in some ways, we can almost put more of, like, the objective blame on men. Like, if something goes wrong, I think that people are like, oh, like, screw him, whatever. But I still think that even just biologically, like, when you think about a woman, even just, like, when you get pregnant, for example, like, a woman can be pregnant by one man at one time but a man can impregnate like so many different women within a time span and so it feels like almost ingrained in our bodies is this more i don't even know it's just like a heavier emotional burden i think um and that's not to say that like men are meant to be polygamous or anything like that but i think that there just is a lot of emotional burden and i think that that still carries through just because we haven't given men enough space to kind of generationally become emotionally intelligent and i think that you learn a lot from the parental figure that kind of mirrors you um and i think that that's something that's really important is because like so if people in your generation weren't really able and apt to understand their emotions and it's going to be a learning process in our generation um but i also i wanted to talk to you about how things have changed especially since i've been at college because not to like go too deep into everything but last year in december we had a very emotional time and i was going through a really dark place i ended up in the hospital and i think there's a lot that i had to go through to regain the trust of people around me i think and i think it was something that you and my dad didn't really want to show me how much it impacted you but I remember coming back from that and I think that there were times where I could see just the tangible effect that it had on both of you um and I think that's a really hard thing because I I just want to talk to you as a parent and understand kind of where you were during that time because it's so hard when you can't see what's going on in someone else's mind and you just have to kind of trust what they're saying so I want to ask you about kind of that time in general and then we can talk a little bit more about how it is like now yeah I mean that was I think we were kind of blindsided by it because on the outside it looked like you had everything going for you and that you should overtly have been so very happy and then all of a sudden you just were in this very dark place and it it blindsided us I think and then you were able to ask for the help that you needed you know we did question and say what do you need and you were able to verbalize and go yeah I'm in a dark place I need help right now so I think standing there in the hospital and it also was very frustrating because this is in the middle of COVID and talking to the people there they're like you were one of tons of kids that are going through this same thing well, it's right after COVID. yeah at the same time and it's close to christmas and their resources were really unavailable yeah. you know trying once you got out of there you know we're supposed to continue counseling and trying to find help i mean everybody had a wait list yeah. Um, there was inpatient, but it was like thousands of dollars and that's not what you needed. Yeah. And my counselor, she talks a lot about how, like when you're dealing with depression and everything like that, people tend to worry about 
people when they're in like their lowest point but then once they start to rise up out of it they start to worry less and i think about kind of like our collective society's lowest point is like during covid and then like once we started to rise up out of it people didn't worry as much but what she was saying is that like that's when you really have to have concern for people because that's when they realize oh my goodness like i never want to feel like that again and then that's when people can actually like you know do and make kind of like impulsive decisions about their lives or their selves or things like that and so i think that that was interesting too to just see that the infrastructure wasn't really set up to handle the influx of teenagers but also just people and mental health problems post-covid um and i mean even just like i remember that night like we got in there at like five or six and we didn't get to see anybody until 11 and that was only because yeah that was only because I went out in the hall and basically Paired said, it up. yeah, I, I was a Karen and go, <laughs> my daughter needs help. This is insane. And so we did get somebody who was absolutely wonderful, but he could only see you that one time because he was there for emergencies only. Yeah. And he was the one that tried to refer us and every referral source that I called the very next day had absolute like months long waiting list and were very apologetic. And it's like, okay, so I have a kid in crisis. Who's here to help? And they kept saying the same thing. So many kids are in crisis right now. We don't have the help available. So as a parent, you just feel so helpless. And I think this was what was happening everywhere. And it brought light to the mental health crisis that kids your age were going through. Well, not just kids, but everybody, but especially you guys who'd been out of school and then all of a sudden are expect to reassimilate in school. And there's really a lot of trauma that came with COVID. And then when you go back to school, you're in a senior year and you're expected to just pick up where you left off socially, educationally. And by the way, try to get into college, which was never harder than last year yeah and that's i think that that's like the thing is i i didn't even understand why necessarily all of this was happening to me at the time because objectively again like things seem to be going fine and i i think nothing happened specifically during covid that i felt like was especially hard for me i felt like there were a lot of other people that had struggled a lot worse than i had and i was lucky enough to spend a lot of time with my best friend during covid and do school at her house and like so i had someone and i i was running and i was doing all of this and so i felt like i was okay but i think it's just that that shock and really like that being lifted up out of it and like you don't even necessarily realize when you're in it but you realize afterwards and i think that was just like a really hard thing but i mean as a parent what do you do in that situation and like how do you move forward from that and like do you blame do you feel like not that you should but was there any blame on yourself or like i know i think dad felt some sort of frustration with himself for not realizing or like anything like that yeah i mean like i said that day was you know the night before you'd been on the homecoming court you're supposed to go to homecoming i mean everything seemed to be going great for you and i think parents we want to protect you that's what we do we protect our children and all of a sudden we're staring at each other in an emergency room going what happened and why didn't we see this coming and it was because you know a lot of it is just we saw on the outside what was happening and we didn't really know we didn't check in with you we didn't go Virginia how are you doing 
you know, and I think that's something that every parent should ask their kid often and really be prepared to listen and dig below the surface. Yeah. And, you know, when we'd say, you know, you would just go. Because it's different than, like, how was your day? Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, not just. And I think that's where we, it was like, how was your day? You know, we made normal conversation once you got back in school and you're busy and you always stay busy. And sometimes it's to kind of tamp down being with yourself and your emotions and you know we didn't really sit down and go how are you doing no really how are you doing you know and taking the time out of parents busy schedule because you know we both are in healthcare and we worked all the way through covid and it was insane because we are both in healthcare and we were still trying to catch our breath from from that and trying to keep you healthy and well and trying to keep everybody healthy and well too you know we thought oh everything's good she's back in school and yeah there's blame also yeah well you can go ahead i was gonna say you know we we faulted ourselves for not being able to see it not keeping up with counseling like we should have Mm -hmm. and i think that is something that we really needed to do. Were we terrified to send you to college? Yes. Yeah. Because That's what I was I was curious about that because I, I oh, think yeah. that as a parent, like I feel like I would be very scared after all of that. But also and I don't think that you guys should blame yourselves because it's again it's not something that I really foresaw either. And it was something that I, I think I was kind of confused within my own like heart about why it was happening and that was part of the frustration is like I felt okay and then I just didn't and then I would feel okay and then I just didn't but I think that it's also like as a parent I'm sure that that's almost sometimes a scary question to ask because it's like you don't really it feels like a reflection of you like in a lot of ways like your kid can be a reflection of you but I think that there's also like a certain separation and I think that that's why a lot of parents are really scared to put their kids in counseling is because they view counseling as like this Freudian analysis of their parenting and like it's gonna crucify them but I think that a lot of times it's really not like I don't I know a lot more people that have healthy relationships with their parents after counseling than the other way around but you can talk a little bit more about college and your thought process because I know that that must have been scary and also I mean especially just a few weeks in like I know someone at my school like tragically attempted to kill themselves so yeah and and there were you know I, because you kind of are used to the comforts of home and just your schedule and you're very regimented as far as your schedule, just dropping you off there and expecting you to live in a tiny little space with another person that you never had met in person before, um, who is you know, completely different from you, that would be demanding of anybody of any age. And then, not that we considered you fragile, but... Well, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, (laughs) we... we, To drop you off in this environment where you really don't know anybody and leave you there was absolutely terrifying. And I do think your school did a really good job of trying to get you integrated with other Mm -hmm. people, but... You know, there were some nights, you know, I prayed every night that you would be good. And there were some times that you called me and you said you were not in a good place. And so... How as a parent? Do you even... Oh, my gosh. that when you're, like, miles you're, away? I'm, like, nine hours away and just trying to talk to you and be there to listen. I sleep with my phone 
right by my pillow ever since you went to school and just ready to talk or text at any minute, any hour, just to give you, you know, it is terrifying, but I do know you have a counselor. And I thought the resources at school, they told us as parents, you know, because a lot of parents ask in orientation, which was a month long thing for parents, how are the mental health services there? Right. And, you know, we were assured, oh, we have great mental health services. Your kids can reach out at any time, anytime there's emergency. And when you called me and said you were in a a not great place, I'm like, well, your school has all these resources. And then you told me. Not really. Not really. It's really a sham. Yeah. And that was like a really kind of shocking thing to me. And well, one, it's a complicated thing to even understand. Like the infrastructure that they set up is not very intuitive it's kind of hard to access it's confusing um and then when i talk to them it it turns out that it's more of like a crisis line than anything and it's really hard to actually get consistent care and i think that that was something that made me feel disheartened and i mean it's something that concerns me because a lot of people that i know both from home and at school like a major barrier for them in getting therapy like they have all the willingness to do so is either money or just how draining it can be to find someone and so I think that when you're kind of promised that and it's not really given, it's it's a very challenging thing. But also for me, because I'm in the process of finding a new counselor right now because my counselor can't practice outside of Tennessee, which is where I'm from, and I'm going to school in Illinois. And so it's it's a very hard transition. And when a time when you really kind of like crave stability to not have that and to kind of, you know, feel like something like a promise was not really delivered is a really challenging thing. Yeah, and I mean, I had reached out earlier to counselors in Chicago, um, but it's, again, like you, you said, it's, it is outrageously expensive, and most of the time it's not covered by insurance or barely covered by insurance. Yeah. Um, and for parents, you know, that's, that can be a huge barrier too. But Well, and that's the thing too is because I feel like, again, like a lot of times barriers to counseling can also be, be you know whatever stigma that surrounds it in terms of like blaming it on parents but also like gosh if a parent doesn't already feel some sort of like blame on themselves and i feel like not being able to afford it must be such an incredible like burden just because you're like i (laughs) i want to help and i can't like it feels very powerless yeah i mean it is it's unbelievable just what i've learned over the past year about access to mental health services for young people. Um, Like I said, there's waiting list. There's, oh yeah, we've got a spot open, but it's going to cost $3,000 just to get an evaluation. And then it's going to be, you know, I'm sorry, no insurance coverage because a lot of counselors do not file for insurance. And I'm not I, I really don't understand why. Um, so it is difficult. And then when we did find the counselor in Chicago and I said, you know, why don't we try? You were talking about how hard it is to just start from scratch and tell your story all over again. Right. I think that that's something that has really kept me like in this process and something that I need to kind of be honest with myself about is it's just the thought of having to explain my whole life story again to another therapist is really challenging. And I don't want that to stop anybody from going to therapy. But if I'm being honest, that is something that can scare me about starting like a new therapist is because I know that that can just be draining. And it's not, I think 
if I remember last time and I really try to put myself in the moment, I don't think it's as bad as you anticipate it is, but it's just the thought of undergoing that emotional labor and having to unpack it. I think, like, in my mind, it's almost like I'm just... It's like you're moving out of a house and moving into a new one. And you have to pack up everything and then you have to unpack it and you have to carry it and you have to drive and then you have to lift all these heavy boxes. And it really is like emotional labor, like to do all of that. And then there's like the shot that it might not work with that therapist and then you'll have to try it again. And it's just, it's such a process. And it's not, I do think it's worth it. I absolutely think it's worth it, but it's, it just can take a lot. And I think it's hard when you're, in a hard space to do it and so I feel like a lot of people don't feel like they need to start therapy when they're doing well but then it almost feels too late to start when they're doing bad because that sounds like such a daunting task to do when your brain is already exhausted by like what you're dealing with and so I feel like it kind of puts people in a conundrum of like therapy in general like it's you it's hard to get into it and then once you're in I feel like it's good but I feel like that's kind of barrier to entry yeah I mean I absolutely agree and you know, I don't know the solution. I think a lot of people, you know, like I said, it, it's this crisis among young people and mental health has brought forward how much of a lack of care there is and affordable and accessible care. Right. Well, I think about it, especially like I am like a white, like a young white woman. And so I think about so many people of minorities as well when I think about how there's not as much like intersectional therapy either i was listening to a podcast a while ago just about like how few people of color there are who are like in the profession of therapy and how that can be really challenging when you're looking for someone to relate to you and maybe all of this like intergenerational trauma and it's a white person that can't really understand and so i i also feel for a lot of people just in the lack of diversity care and therapy as well because i mean thankfully that's not something that i have to deal with as much but it doesn't go unnoticed that is an extremely hard thing to deal with when it's like okay maybe you've overcome the other barriers to entry but now you're just kind of unable to find someone that relates to your experience yeah not to mention again with the economics of it and it shouldn't be about money it shouldn't but parents have only so many resources or young people who are 18 years old and out on their own and how are they supposed to afford to pay for this you know so many places kind of say oh yeah we'll give you this counseling and there's you know that the numbers like you can do telehealth from anywhere anywhere that you want to be and I found out from what I've read that those telehealth services for mental health are not not what they're cracked up to yeah because that's the unfortunate thing about mental health care I feel like is it is one of those things where you get what you pay for but a lot of people can't pay for it yeah and so they're just left kind of hanging or you can afford to do it for so many sessions and then what you have to do because economics is stretch your sessions out so far apart that it doesn't even I mean it doesn't help you really when you need it so or, or you're not able to get the consistent care that you really need to kind of get out of where you are so yeah. it's it's so frustrating and as a parent it's frustrating because you want to give your child the absolute best care. Yeah. And it's it's exhausting trying to find that and you know 
before it was just finding a counselor that would fit with your child. Now it's finding one where your child is that can practice where your child is that you can afford that has the availability to actually see your child. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it feels like there's a lot that, I mean, we talk about it so much. We talk about the mental health crisis to a point like where it's kind of trite, but we talk about it because it's relevant and important. And I don't think that it was something that I fully realized until we were sitting in a hospital for seven hours with one doctor to see the whole adults and children's hospital for psychiatric help. And it's like, and that's a major medical institution. And so it's like, okay, what are we doing? And you on an iPad. Yeah. Like that was the only way was you actually, one of the nurses brought in an iPad so that he could do an evaluation on an iPad from like, another from the other side of the hospital where he was seeing adults yeah and so i don't know i mean these it's kind of just a lot of food for thought but thank you for having this conversation with me mom well yes sweetheart of course and i don't know what the solution is but we'll continue this journey together and just know that we are always there with you and as i said we're on this journey together to make sure that you are healthy and happy and can be everything you're meant to be yeah and i'm i'm very grateful to have parents who i think have done a lot of work within themselves and also just helped me a lot um and i also just want to acknowledge that i know not everybody has those resources at home um and so i'm sending a lot of love and a lot of thought to all of you guys yeah